Whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. These are St. Paul's words to the Corinthians, and they are God's words to us today. What does it mean? What does it mean to give glory to God? It means first to have faith in God, who has revealed himself to us. And then secondly, it means to live as he tells us to live. This sounds simple, and yet all of us know it can be rather difficult to do. Nevertheless, it is so important for our everlasting happiness that all of us get it right. What is essential, of course, is to have a personal encounter, a personal encounter with the Lord. Faith is the conviction not only that there is a God, but that this God loves me, loves me. It means to understand that my life has meaning precisely because God loves me. Only if God accepts me, only if God accepts me and I become convinced of this, do I know definitively it is good that I exist. It is good to be a human being. And God accepts me and loves me unconditionally. Unconditionally. This is the freest and most perfect love. To love not because one has to or expects something in return, but because one chooses to. Love is, not, love is selfless, not selfish. And this is how God loves. But how do we come in contact with the God who loves me? The answer is through his Son, Jesus Christ. Christ came to reveal the Father. He himself said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. This is the will of my Father, Jesus said, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life. Here we might recall Philip's, Philip's famous request at the Last Supper, the Last Supper, Jesus, Master, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you for so long a time and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And in revealing the Father, Jesus emphasized over and over again the Father's unconditional love, which was expressed most beautifully, perhaps, in the parable of the prodigal son. Such a beautiful parable and so memorable. St. Paul rejoiced in this love, God's love for him. For he wrote to the Galatians with great emotion, I live no longer I, but Christ lives in me. Insofar as I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who has loved me and given himself up for me. Thus it was with the deepest sincerity that the Apostle exhorted the Corinthians in today's second reading, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. The Son of God revealed not only God's love for us, he also showed how we should respond to that love. St. Paul says that this involves 
not seeking my own benefit, but that of the many, that they may be saved. When we are convinced of God's unconditional love for ourselves, then like St. Paul, we understand the greatness of that love. And our lives, our lives, dear brothers and sisters, are forever changed. That change, a true conversion of heart, prompts us to love God by adhering closely to His Son, by living out the teachings of the Gospel. Even more, it prompts us to share God's love for others. Again, like St. Paul, we become ambassadors for Christ. And thus we attract ourselves to Him. Pardon me, we attract others to Him. By growing in holiness, we inspire others to have hope, meaning to have trust that God loves them too. That's what the virtue of hope is all about. Giving ourselves completely over to God because we trust Him. And we trust that He will fulfill His promises. And this is what Jesus did in today's Gospel. At the end of last week's Gospel reading, Jesus told Simon that those who were with, and, and those who were with him that they must move on to other towns in Galilee. And he went through all of Galilee, as we heard at the end of the Gospel last Sunday. He went through all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Jesus' miracles reinforced the power of his words. And his words were of God's love. A leper came to believe in that love. The victim of leprosy, a contagious skin disease, which was seen, seen often as punishment from God, a leper was forced by the law to be excluded from the community until he could be healed and ritually purified. To be separated from the community meant that one was humiliated and consigned to a difficult existence, often without hope of a cure. To be told you had leprosy, or what appeared to be leprosy, was like receiving a death sentence. And above all, because he was ritually, ritually unclean, a leper was barred from entering the temple or a synagogue and could not participate in the liturgy of Israel. That was perhaps its greatest cross, because to not be able to do that was in a very real sense to be alienated, alienated from God. Christ's words and the works he performed touch the heart of the outcast in today's story so that he takes the risk of approaching Jesus confident that he has the power to heal him. And moved with pity, St. Mark tells us, Jesus made him clean. In cleansing the leper, and what did Jesus do? He touched the leper, which was practically unheard of. Jesus reached out and touched him, St. Mark says very bold move. He reached out, he touched him and cleansed him so that Jesus restored the leper to the community and above all, confirmed God's love for him in that touch. Jesus wasn't worried about touching the leper because he was holy. His holiness overcomes every evil, no matter what it might be. And despite Jesus' instructions, to the leper, not to tell anyone about it. We heard St. Mark tell us he went and spread it widely. Spread the news widely. 
Dear brothers and sisters, our meditation should prompt us to consider two important aspects of our life. First, do I attract others to Jesus Christ? Do I attract others to Jesus Christ? Do I give those whom I encounter a reason for hope in God's love? Do people see me as someone who is absolutely convinced that God revealed himself fully in Jesus Christ and that the gospel is indeed the key to the meaning of my life? And I ask myself that question. No, Jesus sets a very high bar for us. And so when we listen to those questions, we say sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes yes and sometimes no. But if I am not truly an ambassador of Jesus Christ, for whom am I? For whom am I? Who do I love more than Jesus Christ? Remember, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Secondly, we could ask ourselves whether we notice the so-called lepers, the outcasts in our lives, and whether we try to have meaningful fellowship with them. Very important question. Do I have an active concern for those among my friends and relatives who are sick? Do I give a thought to those with special needs? Do I welcome strangers and try to assist the immigrants who are present among us? Do I seek out? Do I seek out those who are alone or on the fringe of a conversation? Maybe at work. Maybe at work or maybe at home. Also, we know that so many have left the communion of the church. Can we invite them to be reconciled with the church? Encounter God's love and mercy through the sacrament of penance and of course, Holy Eucharist. Brothers and sisters, today let us rejoice in God's love. Remember, when I'm convinced that God accepts me and loves me, as I said at the beginning of the homily, then I know it's good to exist. It gives real meaning, wonderful, beautiful meaning to my life. Perhaps there were times in our lives when because of our sins we were like the leper in today's gospel. Recalling the personal experience of God's unconditional love, may the Eucharist we are about to receive strengthen our resolve that whatever we do, we shall do everything for the glory of God. How exciting and fulfilling is our lives when we put them at the service of God's plan of salvation. May we do all we can to deepen our communion of faith with God and with one another. And just lastly, this is follow-up Sunday with the Bishop's Lenten Appeal. So I want to thank all those who have responded by mail, online, or during our NPU solicitation last weekend. This year again, we are emphasizing the importance of 100% participation in our parish in order to reach our goal. It's so important. It's not so important how much we give as that we do give, that we do give. And you know what happened? I, had a, uh, I was away this week, but when I came back, I had a note telling me that three children, three children, two different families, three children were inspired by the Holy Spirit to give to the Bishop's Lenten Appeal. Isn't that wonderful? 
That's wonderful. Three children giving to the Lenten Appeal. So we're asking that all households in our parish community make a pledge. We know that everyone has something to offer. And every gift, no matter what the amount, is important as we come together to support the diocesan church. I ask those of you who have not yet made a pledge to the BLA to please join in support of this appeal and help us reach our parish goal. If you've not had an opportunity to make a pledge to the BLA this year yet, we ask you to please give this prayerful consideration. Um, in our bulletin, I, I hope this is true, but certainly there are envelopes in the back of the church, and on the envelope uh, there's this QR code that will take you immediately to the, um, to the giving page in our diocese for the BLA. And also, of course, you can go onto the diocesan website, and the diocesan website should be listed in our bulletin. If you go on the website, it will give you instructions on how to give to the Lenten Appeal. On behalf of our bishop, Bishop Burbage, but most especially on behalf of the people in our diocese who will benefit from your compassionate gift, I thank you for your pledge to the Bishop's Lent Appeal. Thank you again, and God bless you.